Growth Masters, the podcast created by marketers for marketers. Keep up to date with everything from retail to tech and beyond. Join your host, Robert Tadros, in conversation with CEOs, CMOs, and the true masters of business and growth marketing. Hello and welcome to another episode on the Growth Masters Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Tadros. Joining me on the show today is the founder of Dream City, Australia's first career education city for children aged 5 to 13. And she is also the founder of MindFlight7, the world's first concept of VR career education training for high schoolers. Without further ado, please welcome Kajal Pala. I remember growing up, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, you know, and I, and I think that that's the case with every every single individual that goes to school, right? Um, you know, you get to that sort of critical age, which is, you know, I think from what I've read is around sort of that 15 to 13, when you start to go, well, what do I want to do with my life? Yes. Right. Yeah. And I think if you haven't had the exposure into particular industries or particular categories or, you know, um, particular work, you don't know any better, right? All you know is I want to be a doctor based on a, you know, a storybook that you... Yeah, or based on the peer pressure or the uh, parents sort of advice and things like that. But you probably haven't done it to know what it is. Exactly right. And look, I'm sure, you know, you're very familiar to me like coming from a, you know, I'm not a, I don't come from, I'm, a, I'm an Egyptian background. So, you know... If, where I come from, it's like if you're if you're not a doctor uh, or or a pharmacist, then uh, you haven't done well in life, right? And your and your career is going. This is the same in India. I'm well. sure that that's yeah. the case everywhere. <laughs> yeah, right. And and I know I speak to my you know Chinese friends, and it's exactly the same, right? And and I think you can you know coming into more of a Western world, that's kind of been crushed, right? That that concept of you know if you don't have this like really high academic degree that, you know, you're not going to succeed. Yep. I mean, you know, there's tradesmen here that do better than doctors and surgeons, you know, and then yep. that's not the, yep. there's nothing wrong with that, right? So I think I absolutely love what you've done here, Kajal. And, and I think, you know, I might just throw over to you and, and I'll, I'll kick you off with this, right? I love asking this question. You know, you get invited to a dinner, okay? And you, you, you know, you, you're sitting at a table with 10 people that you've never met before. And one turns around and says, so Kajal, so tell me, so what do you do with yourself? I usually say I'm a housewife. Okay. Yeah, easier because you know what what we do is being in business. Uh, Rob is just hard to explain at times, like the things that you have to juggle with with family. I'm a mom of two, um, so as it is, I got enough on my plate with my family, in-laws, um, two kids, my parents. They who just passed away. In fact, I must mention this: my mom just passed away ten days ago. So um, my tone is gonna be a little bit like I, I, I'm trying my best to be normal, but I'm still sort of in that healing phase. And you know. If someone asked me at the dinner table, my one statement was, no, I don't do much. Like, um, I'm a housewife. 
and from a, from a professional, because I know you're probably underplaying this, and I, and my condolences, by the way, to you, to you and the family. Um, I know you're probably underplaying this a little bit because I, you know, as I mentioned, you know, you you you've founded two very successful businesses, right? So, on I guess on a professional level, and for our listeners, do you want to tell us a little bit more around you know Dream City? And mind, mind flight seven. Yeah, sure. Because um, no, I absolutely. actually love the concept, and I think it's yeah, I think it's great what you've done there. Uh, thank you, thanks, Rob. Thanks for the opportunity, first of all. Yeah, so Dream City and Mind Flight Seven, they both are on the same foundation purpose, which is educating the kids to make more informed decision for their choices in the future. So, for example, when we are learning chemistry, say for example in year nine, ten, we don't know what it's gonna lead to. Maybe chemical engineering, maybe chem um, laboratory technician, and that subject pathway is missing big time. Like you know the subjects you have to learn, but you don't know what's the connectivity to the future careers that is going to relate to. So what Dream City does, it's uh, it gives early flavor to the primary school children where they learn by doing which is highly focused on STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, arts, mathematics. And uh, for example, they go in a surgery and they perform laparoscopy with the actual equipments that the Monash Medical or any other medical students will learn, but all miniaturized in a level that the children can learn. Same with Aviation Academy. They go in and learn to fly a plane. So it's all hands-on learning which is what makes them a little bit more informed about what the career will look like. While with Mind Flight 7, it's slightly higher version of the same, which is all done through virtual reality for the high school students, where it is more sort of industry-based training in virtual reality. So, for example, imagine crane safety training. A lot of the industries are now going to virtual reality training for the employees. Reason being, one, it's too expensive. To its uh, safety issues as well. Um, doing a crane safety training in reality costs a lot to the business. For example, hiring a crane, getting uh, every cohort through the program. While in VR, you can really do a proper training on the 83rd level and see how it is like to fall from there. And you learn by doing it in VR. So it's very immersive technology. The mistakes are free. Plus, you are so immersed into the subject matter that you really grasp 70-80% of what you are doing. So both the businesses are focused on learn by doing concept where, you know, you you go to a museum or science work, which are amazing places, but you still see things more sort of demo or the exhibit style kind of uh, displays while here the children have to get their hands dirty and do things uh, and learn by doing and make mistakes so that that's pretty much what we see at dream city it's like there are some students who love coming into the surgery or in robotics and instead of going to multiple activities they just get stuck with that because they just want to challenge themselves to go on a higher level and then we say we get a message after their visit saying you know what i wanted to be something else when i came but now i'll change my mind and i want to trial these so it's igniting that flavor it's igniting that thought in their head that this is possible that i haven't thought of which is what we aim to do so it's just uh, the initial ignition, that's sort of what we are kind of um, trying to achieve and inspire and educate the students. 
I love it. I mean, this is absolutely mind-boggling, right? And I wish back in my my days, you know, that I, that we had something like this. So, Kajal, uh, how old do you have to be? Like, how young is the child exposed to this type of technology and this and and, and to Dream City, for example? So, with Dream City, you know, we've got three different levels of the age group. So, it starts all the way from five to 13. So depending on the age group. So again, um, I'm tying it back into the laparoscopy that they perform. It starts with a really simple dexterity sort of component where they have to take the bug out of the abdomen um, through a monitor, using a monitor and grasper, right? But then it goes all the way to um, difficult levels like suturing inside the abdomen for um, older age kids. And they really find that challenging and they love sort of doing it until they get it right. Like imagine suturing inside the abdomen. So it is more sort of uh, age-specific and also with the schools, we work with the educators to achieve the curriculum outcomes that they want to achieve as well. So it's very STEAM aligned, but at the same time gives them a flavor of a career. So, and, and do you find that post the, the experience that their curriculum or their, you know, schooling is very much targeted around what they gravitate more towards? Yes, yes. Yeah, or, or is it, I guess the second part of my question, sorry, or, or is it simply just to bring awareness to to what the child is actually wanting or what they feel more comfortable doing as they as they sort of progress through through the the schooling yeah so part of the curriculum in primary school is real world learning which is you actually pick up a tomato and play with it and not just read it in the book so this is initially it all starts with awareness component but then as kids go deeper and deeper and do different activities like robotics programming electrical engineering or virtual reality uh, sports science academy like depending on the interest level it does lead to them doing more inquiry based learning down the track so it does start with a really simple let me explore type of sort of phase but then they often realize that okay i want to learn a little bit more about this maybe i'm gonna take chemistry going forward or i'm i'm more interested in science or i'm more interested in arts which is like we have got the actual tv studio and um podcast station at dream city which is where they so it, it really depends on the area of interest while with mind flight seven it's the same thing they Uh, choose the subject based on the experience sort of uh, they are exposed to. So we give them multiple choices. So whether they are interested in health and uh, anatomy, they will do frog dissection in VR uh, or say open heart surgery in VR. Uh, If they are really interested in physics type of thing, then they will go do the PISA tower or they will go and do the astronaut space station um, experience. Uh, If they are interested in chemistry, they will take the distillation process or uh, um, sort of evaporation process within a chemical industry or just work in the lab and do the chemical reaction process. So we give them all the options. The teachers work with the students upfront as to what they would like to try, what the theme is, and then they select the experience that they would like to try uh, during the session. And then often we go back and run more sort of sessions like career coaching. So any students who need specific career coaching, then we we kind of uh, have that um, as part of our advisory team as well. So it, it, it all very catered for the child 
who needs what at the time they do the experience, especially for the high. It's amazing. I mean, my four-year-old is obsessed with astronauts at the moment in space, right? So I think the space mission experience would definitely be something that I would uh, I would enroll him in. Oh, definitely love it, and it actually makes you feel like you are. It, it makes you feel in space. Um, in space, so you feel lightweightness. And it leads to, as soon as you come off the virtual reality headset, you actually feel a little bit giddy and disoriented. And then it takes you like a minute to come back to normal. It's amazing. I mean, you're essentially, to some degree, you're bridging the gap between technology and education. Yeah. And, and you know, if I'm not mistaken here, I think that's uh, that, that's a big guess, area that's never really been explored in, 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 in the market, right? Yeah. yeah it's an, and I think also the awareness component, Rob, we feel that uh, from the education perspective, we have a lot of educators on board who help us put a lot of experiences together as part of the R&D process. And we notice that sometimes it's um, the barrier is not knowing the technology itself which prevents the decision maker making the decision towards exposing students to this type of uh, experiences. Uh, We just actually opened up a new virtual reality education and innovation center at Bandura Secondary College. And it's apparently the first one in Australia where all the training and everything is done through VR. And we are now working on a pilot model to have multiple schools interconnected in virtual reality campus. So for example, imagine having 10 schools in sort of the VR campus uh, working on one specific career subject and they are transported to say an actual lab or they are transported to more sort of uh, a hospital, whatever activity they are doing, they are transported there and they are all learning by doing. So it's virtual campus, which is what we are trying to build as a next product now. Kajal, uh, I'm going to ask you a question here. And, you know, we know there's different learning types, right? There's arguably four and some would argue that there's probably eight, right? Uh, but, the, you know, the, 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 ba- the, the, the basic ones, you know, is visual, auditory, reading, writing, you know, um, you know, everyone learns in a different in, in a different way. You know, me personally, I'm very much a visual person. Do you find that the, the most of the students are typically more visual learners um, or is that not really even a consideration? Now, I think uh, what we find is most of the students are more into learn by doing. So they are visual learners. But if they had to read about, say, again, a tomato, it's boring, right? Like just seeing a picture of a tomato, but to actually in your hand and being being able to cut it and do whatever you like with it, that's more fun. So it's more sort of gamified kind of approach where they are learning and they are immersing a lot of contents but they don't realize that's what they're doing because it's fun right okay so you then that's and that's key i think is that you've gamified the experience yes right yeah. which for a five-year-old is is music to their ears right like it's 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 much better experience than having to sit there and you know re- read a book <laughs> okay. yeah same in fact more uh, engagement as well so um i'll give you a little example uh, because we recently developed a product based on the observation we had. So, for example, the schools go to uh, swimming lessons, right, at MSEC or whichever swimming pool. Uh, the traditional method is say uh, get all the students outside the pool, give them safety instructions, what to do, what not to do, and then get them in the water. But all the students, um, they are thinking at the time before getting into the water is when can I get in the water. That eagerness really takes over. So they are least attentive to what the instructor is saying. 
they performed a little experiment which is like getting them straight into the water and giving them instruction after they are immersed into the water and the engagement rate was significantly higher which is what we just did with the virtual reality um, sort of induction as well. When we used to go to the high schools and say to the students that, okay, this is how you sort of hold the controllers. This is right, this is left, this is a trigger button. Nobody will listen. But as soon as we created a platform where all the students come together within VR and the instructor is giving instructions and getting them to practice within VR, the engagement rate sort of rate went significantly high from like 30, 40% to 90%. And the way we measured it, like the amount of questions you get afterwards. So all these little things, we are also learning by doing. That's amazing. And, and look, and, and I, I sort of want to shift gears here a little bit and understand a bit more of your, I guess, background, right? So, you know, you've worked, you, you've got extensive ex- experience across, you know, Australia and, and New Zealand, but across so many different industries, right? And, and so many different areas as well. And so you've done, you know, general management, you went to business admin, you've done sort of construction and, you know, project management, resource management, you've even done capital raising, right? So there's a lot of experience there, which I'm sure you've, you know, you bring into, 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 into finding these two businesses, but um, how did you, how did you end here, <laughs> right? Because that's a very diverse, you know, experience set, right? To finding a, uh, you know, something in the education space. So I think I can just keep going on this topic for a long, I'll try and make it as, <laughs> as possible. So, um, um, of course, I did chemical engineering for the reason that you just mentioned that the pressure you have culturally where, you know, your, your decisions are usually driven by what your parents want or what your uh, peers want or something that you read before. So that's how I ended up doing chemical engineering, which I was never interested in. I got through it, but not a single sort of year went past where I didn't think that, oh, wish I didn't take these subjects and wish, wish I didn't pursue this career, right? So that was sort of uh, the beginning of the career journey. Long story short, I met my husband online. Uh, I was in India. He was in Auckland at the time, 18 years ago. And then um, I migrated sort of to New Zealand. And that was probably the life-changing moment for me because um, I had a great support from my parents, but also a lot of support from my husband. And he just said, look, what, what would you like to do? And I said, I don't know. I just want to try a few things. And at that time, you probably may be aware of this, that a lot of the degrees from India are not recognized sort of in Western context until you do something locally. So uh, that led me to do a little bit of management and resource management courses in Auckland. And um, I got my first job at Auckland Hospital as a surgical uh, coordinator and clinic scheduler, which was more sort of a low level admin role. Uh, But then I decided to relieve multiple sort of positions, which is where I learned a lot of things, where I had to literally just be thrown into a position that I've never done before, whether it is from management, whether it is from theater resource management, or whether it is just simply surgical coordination or otorhinolaryngology. All it needed was constant coordination, which is what I love doing. And that led me to do a little bit of coding and theater management, which then when we moved to Australia uh, for my husband's work reasons, I tried applying for multiple scholarships at Latrobe and we, we kind of 
um, decided that look I'm gonna I'm not happy with what I'm doing but I know that I want to do something else and I had a job at uh, Ch- um, Queensland Children's Hospital which was being sort of um, constructed at the time um, and that was a transfer from Mata Mata Hospital and I decided look I want to try something different I want to go more into management more sort of on an executive sort of uh, management level and that led me to explore multiple options for doing an MBA where I got the scholarship at Latrobe Business School and ended up migrating to Melbourne and started my MBA there so a good thing that I always got is the support from my husband so that is so crucial especially in the culture from the culture I come from very challenging and um, yeah and that led me to start a little assignment that was just simply bringing a new children focused edutainment venue to australia as a knowledge management project uh, and that was just simply an assignment in my mba that uh, my professors um, at latrobe said look why don't you try this for real and i said i, do, I don't even know what the word constitution mean uh, at that time so um, i had a really good help from a lot of my colleagues my group mates at uni uh, the professors learned a lot of hard lessons rob made lots of mistakes and i think that's part of the journey uh, and that's why the first startup always takes longer and as it is capital raising is really difficult because now we are dealing with a lot of companies in us and europe i know that with australia uh, it's less prone to celebrate uh, entrepreneurship less prone to celebrate failure of startups um so naturally capital raising is a big project in itself which is very difficult and then me being from more sort of different descent and a female that made it even worse um as a new migrant so there there were all the challenges that um, i would never forget there were good learning lessons and that led to lot of new people coming into sort of the project um you become kind of a magnet when the idea is really amazing people just all want to um join the project but what i had to be really careful of which i learned hard way for sort of dream city and then applied to mind flight 7 is initially you need just couple of good mentors and advisors but then you need more doers who get the job done because that's what's needed um and then eventually that leads to a really good culture who you trust and and that trust is so important so dream city about 5 and 1/2 years um we have had multiple sort of scenarios from where we were about to lose everything and uh, during the capital raising process made good levels of mistakes and eventually everything came together and yeah now we are, we are working with over 90 schools uh just in melbourne wow. and um the first, the biggest satisfaction was like you know delivering a baby where you forget about the pain you've gone through and as soon as dream city was open the first month saw 10000 sort of um children uh customers and that was like wow it's all worth it at the end and that led to as soon as pandemic started that led to the second sort of project which is mind flight 7 that why don't we take this to a higher level now where it's more meaningful to the high schoolers and tafe and uh, university students so yeah so the uh, like the it's like you go in and you just keep going in 
and you if you are surrounded by people who really believe in you that motivates you and the positivity really keeps you going and i i've been really lucky that i found some really amazing people in life who truly um uh, push me to my boundaries and yeah and i still struggle with a lot of things but i just reach out for help for advice and every day is a learning day you know thank you thank you for sharing that kajal because that's you know you touched on a couple of very important points there and you know one of them is around this misconception with entrepreneurship and you know especially in a very you know competitive space or a competitive category time and time again you know i get approached and i i hear of young kids that you know think that entrepreneurship is this glamorized this easy road to success right and and unfortunately um or fortunately uh, from your experience and what you've just mentioned that it is a lot of hard work right it's a lot of tenacity yeah. and you do need support you know and, and and the other part to it is is that you know there are a lot of sharks out there yep okay when you're starting out and looking for capital raising right there are a lot of people out there that will invest money you know take a big chair in a business and and basically use you as a bit of a puppet yep. so i guess that the the lesson there is to be very careful with who you engage because yeah as i said there's a lot of sharks and and two there's a lot of talkers right there, there yep. are those that will talk a lot and won't do much yeah i think that in itself is a key is a key lesson So just because it's International Women's Week as well so I just wanted to mention this sometimes when you meet with people about your project and they see you are a female they just assume that you are more in a need of a mentor than a doula so you just get flooded with advices but then when it comes to actually delegating some work or you need an actual partner who will work with you to make actual tangible things happen very difficult so that's pretty much just comes with trial and error at times you just need to follow your gut but it does sort of make a huge difference if you get the person who is a doer and not just talker and have you noticed so that's actually a very interesting point and uh, it's very uh, timely that you bring this up because what you know our operation and finance manager was just mentioned in ad news uh, this week around you know uh, international women's day and you know ad tech leaders right on what it's been you know a very male dominant sector okay so i guess the question i'm i'm going to ask you here is you know are you seeing a shift in you know in how females are you know being treated in this space if you like versus what it used to be maybe 5 years ago i think absolutely prop what i experienced 5 years ago 6 years ago when i took dream city project on board versus mind flight 7 which is a recent project i just feel that there is a huge shift how women are taken uh from work perspective the way they get treated there is a lot more respect now there is a lot more autonomy uh there is a lot more trust which is a great shift i'm noticing it's becoming sort of easier to raise capital compared to how it used to be about 6 years ago so these are all the great things that are definitely sort of uh, happening right now and hopefully that 70 30 have now become 60 40 and one day we will be able to get to like 55 45 kind of split so on that note right like what would be your number one piece of career advice for women that are you know they're about to enter the the entrepreneurship world or the ad tech space or just you know business in general Uh I think that one advice will be just be prepared to put in the hard work it needs. Uh for I'll just give you a little example like I don't know initially in the first 5 years 
any day I slept before 1, 1.30 in the morning or sometimes it's 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. And when you are passionate about something, even if you may be sleeping at 2 and getting up at like 6 uh, in the morning, you still just want to quickly have a rest and just get going again. You you don't have that. Like it does burn you out. I must say, please don't try that. But it comes naturally with the passion. Uh, and if you had a couple you of... You become obsessed. Yeah, you become obsessed with it. And when you've got team members, a few team members who are also of the same mindset, who also want to work hard naturally, not by like delegations and any other tools, management tool, it really spurts the growth because you've got multiple people uh, that can turn a small sort of molehill into a mountain. So that hard work... There's no substitute to hard work initially. There's just, uh, we can say whatever we like. And I heard about a lot of things from my mentor, but the reality is hard work with the smart work, of course, is the key and with the right support. Yeah, it doesn't. And I always say it doesn't matter. You know, I am far from the smartest person on, on, on this planet, right? But uh, it always comes back to the hard, the hard work that you put in. Um, if you're really passionate and you're really, you know, I always say if you if you want to if you want to learn something, just obsess about it, right? Become obsessive with it, right? Yeah. Learn it inside out, understand it, because that in itself is gonna is gonna propel you to, to to greatness, right? And look what you've done. You know, last year you were nominated for Telstra's Best of Business Awards. Yeah, we still don't know who actually nominated us. We tried to find out <laughs> one of the schools probably. Uh, it was a great journey. And then we had to drop the journey because my dad passed away and I had to travel overseas and I just uh, was uncontactable for a month. So we have been really lucky to get the right people, the right team, the right culture, uh, which is so important because people like projects are nothing without people. People make the project, not the other way around. So when you are hiring or when you are actually trying to find a co-founder or business partner, go for the attitude, not just the skills. Because if you've got attitude issues, if you've got other conflicts or any other issues that's sort of um, taking a lot of your time, focus and energy, that's going to affect the growth of the business, even though the skills might be there. I love that. Go for attitude, not skills. So on that, you, you talked there about the, about culture. How would you describe the culture within the organization? Okay, so I just, um, sorry, I just go straight into the practical stuff because that's what... Uh, <laughs> go for it, yeah, yeah. So I'll give you, say, in, in, in the team, uh, whether it's Dream City or at Mind Flight 7, we have a culture where, you know, if something needs to be done and there's already a meeting scheduled for Monday next week, people just can't wait. I can't wait. We just pick up the phone, get three, four, five people, whoever needs to talk, just get them all on the same call, talk it out, work towards a solution, appreciate your disagreements and try working towards a solution. There is a problem and it will remain there until you try to turn a few solution focus, focus actions into play. So the culture needs to be in a way that everyone is willing to put in the time, efforts and energy to give what it takes um, to get there. Whether it is a small project where you just have to introduce a pilot program to a school or whether it is a big project where we're just currently working on the drone technology at Dream City, trying to make it work through R&D process. So there are a lot of things, there are unknowns. And that's another beauty of startup where you don't know what you don't know at times. You only find out as you are doing things. So the culture needs to be flexible. Everyone, and that comes with passion and people's um, sort of, people's desire to get in there and help. 
in anything that's needed to be done of course with roles and responsibilities but versus the culture that i also had people in life who i'll text on friday at 5 pm about something and you will not get a response until monday at 9:30 because it's not working our they clock they clock their hours yes so <laughs> that's probably great for the corporate well established sort of companies where you have millions of uh, customers and employees but i don't think that's suitable for the startup in the startup phase people have to be willing to do what it takes to get the job done yeah absolutely and on the horizon you know it's 12 months from now what's uh, what's on the horizon for both for both businesses and obviously don't disclose any sensitive information but <laughs> what's uh, what's on the roadmap so with dream city we are already currently raising capital for sydney and uh, queensland okay. and we have already started looking at different sites in sydney and we want to uh, if things go well we want to kind of open sydney up and running by early 2023 uh, that's for dream city and with mind flight 7 we are currently working on implementing a brand new product which is the word mind flight 7 high which is the college okay. in virtual campus connecting multiple school which is a large project and that's sort of something that we want to launch next term april and then learn from it and see how it goes so this will be our fifth product in mind flight 7 awesome i love it and uh, glo- glo- global expansion yes this is little bit confidential but i don't mind sharing it here so <laughs> the dream sovia so with new chip uh, accelerator program we are currently raising capital through new chip accelerator program which is based in austin so we are also looking at expansion opportunity for dream city in us and with mind flight 7 we actually uh, also got into small uh, center um, in fiji in partnership with sheraton which is opening in april so um and surprisingly enough i just heard from our one of my business partners that he had a call from university of colorado last week they want to create a whole course in um, virtual reality for the university and we are working on partnership with them so there are multiple opportunities and we just want to stay focused on any one thing right now and then uh, explore more but definitely on sort of verge of global expansion in 2023 i love it kajan well done you know congratulations you've done you've done amazing i'm going to i'm going to ask you this last question is that what would be your top 3 tips for anybody starting in the space at the moment okay so the first one is be patient nothing comes immediately doesn't matter how much we try it takes time so and i'm naturally a very impatient person so i struggle to be patient and this has really taken a lot out of me because i'm naturally i i like to get things done and then i like results just like how i get it for myself i expect from others but patience is the key second is be resilient they have experience it's almost impossible not to make mistakes in any startups so and that's how we learn so when you just fail early and fail quick learn from it and move on don't get discouraged that self belief is really important they you'll have a lot of people saying that maybe no nah, i think if you did this one that would have been better not this project of course you listen to everyone but at the end of the day believe in yourself because that without that if you don't believe in yourself if your business partners if your co-founders don't believe in the project it's almost impossible 
to get it off the ground. So that's sort of what anyone who is starting out, start with the patience. I love that. It's very, very good, very, very good advice. And Kajal, uh, where are you most active? You know, how do we find you? Are you on LinkedIn? Are you Facebook, Instagram? None of those. How do we get in touch with you? I'm definitely uh, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably I'm most active. Facebook, Instagram, I'm I'm on all the platforms, but because of all the things that's happening personally, uh, I've been a little bit distracted. So that's probably the last thing on my list at the moment. Totally understandable. But LinkedIn is something I do check every day. Fantastic. And we'll put that definitely in the in the notes. Kajal, thank you very much. Very insightful. And, you know, I'm sure that our listeners have got a lot of value out of that. Good luck with the journey. And yeah, I look forward to, to catching up uh, face-to-face uh, in the near future. Thanks, Rob. I really appreciate the opportunity as well. And if there's anything, please reach out. I'll also share my phone number if it off, if, if it off any help. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Thank you.